Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the TGN podcast. Sad day today. Ollie isn't jolly, he's uh, sick today. So we've got the other half of his fearsome streaming team. Jackie's joining us. Hello. Hello. Are you okay? Welcome back again. Yeah, thank you. I uh, feel like I've made more appearances in the past few weeks than... Uh, <laughs> It's good to have you back. Not that we we don't like Holly, but it's nice to have you. And Sammy's here, internet still working. Yep, just about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it looks like a relatively quick show. There's not been a massive amount of news and big things happening this week. Let's start with probably the biggest topic of the week. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Rockstar announced that the Red Dead Redemption 2 online beta was starting. It's kind of been a phased rollout. So I think the first day was like super duper expensive pack purchases. And then it was like if you played the game on the day of release and then now it's, I think it's today it's released to everybody. I'm guessing we're all at the same point where we've just kind of completed the tutorial and not gone crazy into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So thoughts are a bit limited. It was good that it kind of threw you in with um, like a little group for the end of the tutorial because you had to kind of do a little bit of automatic matchmaking. I don't know about your group, but there was no talk or anything. We just rode off and did the wrong thing. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> waited for anybody or tried saving anybody or anything. Yeah, standard. Yeah, but there's been quite a few details that have been announced of what we're going to expect. It, What we kind of was talking about, Weeks and weeks ago, it does seem like it's going to be kind of like GTA Online from what I've kind of gathered, mm-hmm. constant updates even while this beta stage is going on. Mm-hmm. There's some game modes announced, so you're going to get a, a shootout and team shootout, which basically just sounds like team deathmatch and free-for-all. Make account a true test of resourcefulness in two game modes. Use nothing but a bow and a handful of arrows or throw nice to be the last one standing. That doesn't sound like my so type battle of game. royale. Yeah. <laughs> In a shrinking player area, that's <laughs> that sounds like I don't know if you were any good at the bow and arrow or the throwing knives in the single player game, but I don't <laughs> think it's a speciality of mine. That kind of proves one of the big rumors that it would have a a battle royale mode, which it is going to have a kind of. It's not a full on, is it? But it sounds interesting. Uh, most wanted a tactical race to top. Every kill pushes you up the scoreboard, but watch out the closer you are out to the top the more points everyone gets to kill you kind of a standard multiplayer game mode kind of thing in it where you'll be highlighted on a map or something if yeah so there's an incentive to go after the top player kind of everybody almost yeah. it's almost a disorganized group of people all aiming for one person to try and get the most points mm-hmm. yeah sounds like every gaming session i've ever done to be honest mm. um <laughs> uh, hostile territory working teams to control the land capture a territory to start Racking up points, the team with the most points wins. So that's kind of like a domination mm-hmm. type yeah. style game mode. Um, name your weapon. Demonstrate your personal speciality in this free-for-all or team-based match. The trickier the weapon to use to land the killing blow, the more points you get. That sounds quite interesting. Yeah, hmm. it sounds like a little, almost a spin on gun game or something from Call of Duty, doesn't it? So rather yeah. than switching through the weapons, you seemingly have choice over what you're using. Yeah, I wonder what fake class is the most difficult, though. Mm. Um, I don't know. You're going to have some dude who's like, I don't know, amazing with throwing knives or something. Aren't you? Or just fists, bare fists, just <laughs> knocking people up. Like just a I, lasso. I did, like, <laughs> I did see some streams of random, you know, events. Cause, right, so let's explain where we got to. So you start off, 
it was very similar to the character creation initially um yeah, so just, so it's kind of just to touch on that which is actually pretty amazing when i first got yeah. into the character creation you start off and you've got two almost silhouettes of randomly generated characters either a male or a female you can pick them and you go through to the room where they're taking your mugshot that's where the actual customization happens and it looked quite trivial at first like it didn't look like there were too many options you could change but every single option on it seemed to have another level of settings below it mm. and you could have multiple complexions for the face of your character and you could adjust how how kind of harsh features and stuff were if you had scars on the face how deep the scars were or how light they were and it was um it's interesting I uh, I ended up uh, rolling as a sixty-year-old granny <laughs> in the end because I, I just I really liked the fact that you could really make the characters look really old and haggard, and I thought, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm going to role play as a grizzled old granny rancher. <laughs> what teeth did you pick for your grizzled old granny? Did oh, you go for the chompers or the gnarly, gummers? Yeah, the gnarly uh, three teeth left look. Yeah, sure. when you're going through the teeth, though, there wasn't any particularly nice option. No, you didn't even, have an option that was good. Even the best one were like yellow and horrible. And yeah. And but yeah, it was it was pretty in depth. I I just went with a kind of standard. I think I just picked like a default face. Then we find a few little features. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the haircuts were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. There was one like bald guy with really long side hair. Looked <laughs> 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 pretty funny. But yeah, it was interesting. That so you you pick your character. And then there's like a, it's kind of like a little bit of a story element in in that you break out of like a, a prison or something, don't you? Somebody rescues you. Yeah, they want you to go on a work detail, and they kind of put you in the back of a wagon, take you off to go and do this chain gang work. But along the way, you meet somebody that's there to rescue you, seemingly. So then you end up with like a finish that with like a camp being set up and stuff for you. Somebody pays for all that kind of stuff. And the, there's some missions that she's, I am obviously haven't done any of them, but she's given you four people to kind of track down. Yeah. I quite like the fact that it, it seems like there is a main quest because I know GTA online had all the heists and each of the heists yeah. kind of had a story and you, you did come across a lot of the characters from the main game, but it never really felt like there was a central kind of through line. I quite like the fact that this time around they've, mm. they've, properly set you up with there is actually a story and there's a chance for your character to to shape that story and i like the fact that the as well the honor system is is still a part of that so even in the tutorial you've got an option to be honorable or dishonorable at one point Mm -hmm. and then uh you go off and you have a mission where you kind of match make and you have to steal three uh well i had three in mine i don't remember you had we had to steal three horses Mm -hmm. so you kind of ride into a bit of a ranch bit of a shootout Similar to the main game, I guess you you steal the horses, get a bit of a chase, delivering to the big stables in uh, San Denis or Saint Denis, whatever you want to call it. And then the next bit I did was you had to go to your camp, and that was basically where I stopped. Okay, did you have to take them to Saint Denis? That's interesting because I think yeah. I had to take them to Blackwater in mine. Huh, I so, had to take them to Valentine. To okay. where? Oh, get, well, Valentine. that's a point. At the beginning, you get to choose uh, where your camp is. So I don't know if. That's in some way related uh, to it. Okay. So you only gave me the option to set mine up in the Heartland. So I wonder if that randomizes. Uh, that looks like they the alternating it per user then because I was somewhere else. And definitely, do you know the big massive stable that's like in the gates of St. Sandini? Mm-hmm. Mine was there. That was where mine was. Okay. Mine was um, kind of just down in Blackwater, but it actually, 
uncovered a whole part of a map that I haven't got to in the main game yet. I didn't realize <laughs> there's Austin and kind of bit of Texas. Oh, have you not gone over left. that way yet? No. Not gone over. Yeah, it's all the, all of the original games basically down the bottom left. Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm, I, I'm starting off in, in kind of the chapter two area, which is kind of nice because it's, because obviously I'm a low level character. It's kind of, I'm at the same kind of level that I would have expected to be in the in the single player when I was in that area. So at least it's so kind of familiar. So that's interesting. I wonder if it's just part look, you know, when you kind of start the game and the, when mm. maybe each kind of big area is like its own server or something like yeah. that. It's- well, because I noticed that when you go into the menu, if you I had a quick look at the menu before I signed off, you can, when you choose to free roam, you can choose where you start. So right, you can okay. click free roam to carry on or you can do free roam Amberino, free roam Heartlands um, or whatever. So... It's, it, there's obviously, like you say, that there, there may be some kind of server-related thing where they kind of pick somewhere random to set you off, and then that's that's kind of your home base. I suppose it works in a sense, spreading the players out as well, because it stops you yeah. getting into a heavily populated area of a start and people potentially griefing you. Yeah, yeah. I, I have seen uh, people online. There just seems to be fist fights breaking out everywhere. <laughs> just people. <laughs> there was a really funny one actually. I can't really start it, but there was two people just punching each other. Nobody was particularly winning and they were stood next to a horse and by accident, one of them punched the horse <laughs> and it just kicked the other guy and knocked him. <laughs> and so he went, yeah, quite lucky. But yeah, it look, it, from what I've seen and what I've kind of heard, it, it sounds like it's going to be quite a bit of fun. I know the persistent posse stuff and things like that, that seems to have a price of setting up mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It's like $200 and I've got like 12 or something like that after finishing that first one. Yeah. So uh, you're going to have to go probably robbing a few banks and yeah. stagecoaches and all that kind of stuff to build up your cash. But it seems like it's going to be quite detailed and I'm like uh, I'm interested to see what kind of this story element goes, how that goes, what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the story is going to be there initially and then it, it's going to kind of phase out and it'll be a what you want to make of the online it's going to yeah. set you up into almost pushing you towards creating a posse with other players and that player interaction. The good thing is though, they can just keep adding if, if it goes well and it's the way they choose, they can just keep adding these story elements in, you know, to appease the people who didn't like the, the fact that there was no story, uh, story DLC mm-hmm. for uh, GTA five. Yeah. You could kind of push these things up that you could maybe do in co-op. I hadn't even thought of that, like an online story DLC. Yeah, keep mm, updating stuff player. like that. That'd be interesting. Mm. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, we got a question about Red Dead uh, from Dr. Mpai. He says, uh, with Red Dead 2 multiplayer going live, do you like the idea of delaying multiplayer at launch? I think I quite like the idea, to be honest, because it's given me a chance to play some of the single player and actually get good at the game. Because if I picked up a game and multiplayer was available at launch, I'd get sucked into that straight away. I'd have no yeah. experience, no practice. And I actually feel like I'm a member of the team when I'm playing in games. Um, <laughs> so the first mission, I was actually doing quite well. I didn't die. I didn't. I was helping my team out. We were all kind of riding together and stuff like that. I knew what I was doing. Whereas if, I, if it just dumped me straight into there, I think there'd be a sharp learning curve especially with how many, I say obscure controls there are, but how many different controls there are in the game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think 
I think you have to be as big as Red Dead and as big as Rockstar to get yeah, away with every it. Every game could do it. Could yeah. Do. I don't even think that Battlefield's going to get away with it with their with their delayed battle royale. I don't. I don't really see that unless it's somehow amazing and different. I don't think that people are going to circle back around at the beginning of the next year and go, "Oh yeah, Battlefield have released their battle royale now. Mm-hmm. I'll jump in now." I, I don't know. It just it it it's a quite a risky move. I'm glad that Rockstar have done it this time because i know that gta were online was a mess when i tried to play it when it first came out but yeah it's got to be a pretty risky move for for kind of keeping people invested long enough after release to to still be playing a game obviously red dead so massive that people were still but i don't know if something you know something else has come out recently like i don't know dark siders if they waited a month and then released a multiplayer i don't think people you know people may have dropped off that kind of game by then they may have just hit it for a couple mm. of weeks finished the story and and, and moved on it's probably a fine spot though because with um something like if they did mm. do a multiplayer again a hypothetical situation with darksiders mm. with, with something like that it wouldn't be probably beneficial to release it a month after but if they release something a year no. after it might make people go oh i mm. didn't finish that game well i'm gonna go That's back true. to that now yeah that's true. I mean, a bit like Destiny does with its with its big big content updates. Mm. You know, a lot a long time later, it does make people pick up the base game. So, yeah, you're right. I think I think if it's either release it pretty timely, or or perhaps release it a long time later to to pick up a second wind. Mm-hmm. I like the way they've done this as well, like kind of releasing it in stages. Uh, I don't know about when you two played, but I had the ultimate edition so i jumped in quite early when there probably wasn't a lot of people playing but how did you guys find it when you joined did it all work okay no problems or anything no issues at all to be honest but with when it initially dumps you in it doesn't it just felt like single player to me because i didn't really see anybody and it was that first mission with the horses where i actually had my proper interaction and i saw a lobby screen where it was matchmaking but that was really timely and quick yeah yeah i mean seeing as i did it this morning i mean don't get me wrong it's 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 the day when everyone's jumping in so i'm sure a few people have probably taken the day off but you know you wouldn't necessarily expect an early friday morning to to get straight into a a, a lobby and and for it to match make well when there's perhaps fewer players around but it, it was completely fine so you know that was that was pretty good i was quite impressed moving on to another big and popular game this week surprisingly is microsoft wordament it re-released this week on ios and android with a shared achievement list it basically is the same download links and everything as the previous version so what exactly is this i know both of you two have been playing it can you explain why there's a new version and why it's got another achievement list so it's it's quite like um when they updated the uh, word games and solitaire and everything else they've they've kind of added sort of quests uh there's a there's kind of a map that you have to work through for for some of it in a, in a kind of single player mode where you're, you're you're completing objectives to get get across several maps um so it's very very familiar for anyone who's played any of the sort of casual games stuff in the last year or so um which which i i tend to get addicted to uh, you know I, i'm mainly on playstation but these are the first achievements i've unlocked in a long time on the xbox is just uh messing around with wordman on my phone but but yeah it'll be very familiar to to most people there's there's daily challenges um which you can get if, if you uh complete a certain amount of daily challenges in a month you can get bronze silver gold and uh platinum uh, uh diamond 
awards um, and there's achievements for getting 12 bronze awards, which means you have to play for 12 months. And, and um, uh, there's an achievement for getting completing every daily challenge in a month. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be very familiar to, to most people. But the actual game itself is is just the wordment that, that people will know. It's 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 a grid of grid of letters, and you need to try and find uh, words by connecting the letters together. So yeah, no, nothing surprising, but it's just a very competent and and straightforward game that that can pass the time when you're on the train. That's the main thing for me. It's just one of those casual games, isn't it? You can play on the go. You don't have to have your console with you. Stuff like that. So I think it's got yeah, that benefit. I think, I think Wordament as well, the, the nature of it, it, it makes much more sense on a touchscreen. I wonder whether maybe that's why they've gone for the, the cross-play mobile route because you know, you're know you basically swiping across the grid to to connect the letters. It probably yeah. makes more sense to because go that route. It appeals to a much wider user base as well. So people yeah, that don't sure. want to be playing stuff like Red Dead. I mean, I think even my mum would happily play Wordament on her phone, <laughs> but she wouldn't want to be lassoing people on... Uh, in a Western cowboy game. <laughs> the question of the week for this week is from Stanley, who's got a question about Wordament. He says, with Wordament re-releasing as a universal list between at least iOS and Android, along with the multitude of Play Anywhere titles, what are your thoughts on more titles sharing lists across multiple platforms? I mean, it's. I know Jack will agree with me on this. Um, it's It's good in terms of cleanliness in in the list of games that we've got because on playstation the amount of stacks that there are don't get me wrong if people want to get loads and loads of trophies there's lots of options but it's really quite a mess to to get your head around what's Mm. going on in those lists sometimes you've got eu variants um canada japan then you've got vita and ps3 and playstation and and just it's just kind of variants for all of those platform variants yeah exactly yeah i think we've got one game on true trophies over eight variants yeah we do and to be fair i think a lot of those i think people know their audience when you when you get those come up Mm -hmm. it also happens to be a really easy trophy list a lot of the time and i think those people i don't know the cynic in me is thinking well if we release every single possible version that's available to us and it's easy trophies then those those trophy hunters will will lap it up and buy buy our game eight times over mm. and uh yeah so I, I it's if you're a really dedicated uh hunter then obviously you want as many stacks as possible but i think just from a logistical perspective it it's nice to just have everything shared and and not have to worry about about what version you've got and 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 which version you're looking at yeah yeah, I agree with that. And I think it comes down to if you enjoy the game as well. Something like Wordament, where it's a bit of a time sink and there are some achievements that are going to take you a little while. You probably don't want to invest mm-hmm. twice the amount of time you would be in that to get the achievements in two lists. Yeah. Or have both of the devices, even. Yeah. The uh, Play Anywhere stuff is pretty much perfect. Like, it's not something that I use myself, but. I could really imagine that if uh, my PC was powerful enough that I could maybe play a game in the front room and then move on when the kids want to watch TV and then play it on my PC. And if they expand that to, you know, as phones get more powerful and things like that, I think it would be pretty much perfect. And I guess that's kind of the way they're heading. The stuff between iOS and Android, I prefer that as well, rather than buying two versions of the same game, you know, like say you would do with Minecraft and stuff like that. I know you can get cross-play between stuff that is obviously different platforms, different lists as well, but I wonder if it makes it easier from a development perspective as well. 
to in- integrate stuff like crossplay or shared leaderboard. I think that would be really interesting, you know, for games like, for example, Fortnite, where you can link your accounts and now you can on PlayStation as well and you can kind of share all your purchases and your progress between each platform you play on. So you no matter where you play, you've always got the same unlocks and the same, I don't know, kill to death or whatever they track on there. I think that'd be really cool if in the future maybe you could play a game on the Xbox One, like say Battle Royale, it got achievements finally, and then you could pop achievements on there, then you could maybe go over to the PlayStation and because they've got the same requirements for the trophies on PlayStation, your progress brings over and you automatically pop all those trophies there. Like I don't know if other games do it. Like I know Minecraft might track stuff, stats and things like that. You can import worlds, but if you could actually bring your stats over and have it seamlessly and pop achievements and trophies, that'd be great. I think I might do that quite a bit. All right, let's move on to the big site news of the week. We have announced our 12 Days of Christmas community challenge on both TA and TT. I know this was probably one of the the most well-received challenges that we did last year. Mm. And there was a load of people on both TA and TT signed up and completed it. The registration is open now, so if you want to join, go to the story. There's a link to the uh, hub on both sites. You can just jump in and there's a register now button on the right-hand side. The actual event kicks off on Monday, Monday the 3rd of December, I think it is, 1100 UTC time, mm-hmm. so check that against your own time zone, is when the daily challenges will be released. We'll release 12 over those next 12 days, and then you have until the end of December to complete them all. If you haven't signed up by the time all the challenges are re- have revealed and you want to sign up, you can do it at any point during the month. You just have to make sure it's finished by, I think it's the 1st of January at like 1100. So it covers all time zones. I completed this last year. Did you two do it? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Are, you, are you signing up for them both this year or just one site or both? I don't know what Sam, I suppose, more than Jack. Yeah, I I, I probably won't on Xbox just because I did, a, I, did a, I did a massive bean dive on PlayStation <laughs> this year. So I've got, this is a great opportunity for me to clear that up a bit because I've got about 120 games that i've unlocked unlocked one one trophy and so i'm i've uh i'm hoping that i should be able to mop up a few of those uh during this event so that, that's that's quite partly why i like these events because they, they help me recover my terrible uh completion percentage so yeah <laughs> looking forward to it <laughs> i might do the the one on true trophies what i'll do is because i know this happened last year do you know some of the well maybe it was the alphabet challenge it might have been do you know, some one of them will come up that you think is really difficult, and then somebody will find a game that's like two pound that has the perfect type of achievements or trophies or whatever in it. So I might do that. I might see what the challenge. I haven't seen the challenges yet, so I'll see what they are on TT and then see how much it costs to whip through them all, and then I might sign up. Yeah, that's one thing that's worth saying actually for those who've got both consoles is that it is without giving any of the challenges away. They they are different on PlayStation. Some of them are the same, um, but some of them are different. So it's not going to be a grind to do the same thing twice. There's there's going to be some differences in in what you have to do each day. So yeah, look out for that. Yeah, gen- generally speaking, I enjoy these community challenges probably more than you know the actual proper. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. competition type things yeah, it's, it's good for yeah, it's contested. almost competing against yourself in a sense isn't it it's if you it's how yeah, far yeah. you want to take it there's no kind of competitive aspect to it really we've got a question from jesse hill 
kind of community challenge event type thing related. It's a UHH falls done with another down. What do you see as an ultimate TA competition? What kind of stats tracks our format? Would you love to create, even if it's too over the top? I suppose mine would be just for personal kind of one. It'd be like an anti beam dive. <laughs> where there's some kind of competition that requires you to complete games that you've got achievements lying around in, you know, give you a push to them, you know, like say boring collectibles that you've left and couldn't be bothered with. And there was some kind of competition to complete games or increase your ratio or increase your completion percentage or something like that. would be like my ideal one, I guess. Yeah, I quite like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously when I do a bean dive, I'm, my self challenges to recover it but yeah if there was a if we if we could somehow do an event to to kind of track the recovery and maybe have a competition to get to a certain point in your recovery by a certain date or something like that that might be uh might be an interesting one to look at hmm. i think there could be uh, room for starting as many games with discontinueds and unobtainables as possible but, uh, <laughs> oh you heathen I'll probably get one no person way. enter <laughs> <laughs> I think generally with the uh, like the contests, I, I never, I always enter them knowing that I'm never going to win. It's kind of just see how far I can progress. Thing, but the level that some of the people compete at is just mental. And it like you see the same kind of names appearing for each of the different competitions, like Leapfrog and UHH and GTSC. Like it's just crazy what some of these people achieve. So I don't know, maybe something that could stop them. Maybe like <laughs> highest ratio in or something like that, and not most achievements. Maybe like an exclusion of certain games because it seems to have a constant trickle of ID games that are pretty easy. I mean, you can get over a hundred thousand game score from ACA Neo Geo now, can't you? <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> similar problem on PlayStation. We've got so so many visual novels that you can just hold down a button and go make a cup of tea. Yeah. Um, going on there as well. So, so maybe like an old yeah. school restricted. Uh, uh, Xbox 360 games. Yeah. Yeah, Xbox 360, XBLA titles at 200 gamer score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only odd uh, achievement num- uh, gamer score numbers as well. Oh, no, see, now you're turning me off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely go and sign up for the 12 Days of Christmas Challenge. It was a lot of fun last year. You get, if you complete it before the end of the year, you get one of our Community Challenge badges, or if you've already got one them the color roll kind of increment for it so get on it a lot of fun and there's a don't know it's it's quite interesting in it seeing that door revealed on the morning and go oh what games can i have for that and you'll have like a little thing on your profile that'll give you like suggestions of achievements you've got or trophies that meet that criteria in games you own and stuff like that so definitely worth checking out uh, regular news so we're obviously turning over to december wow that this year has flown by <laughs> <laughs> So we've had the normal kind of things happening. So we've had games with gold titles revealed. This was a little bit different than normal. Caused quite a bit of controversy on TA. So we're going to get Cube 2 throughout the whole of December. We've got Never Alone with something, something, a little in brackets name that I'm not going to pronounce. That's available (laughs) 16th of December to the 15th of January. I remember that's a cute little game, quite quick completion. Uh, we've got Dragon Age 2 on the 360 and, of course, Back Compat from December the 1st to the 15th. And then the one that really seemed to heat up the discussion was Mercenaries Playground of Destruction, which is available on, from the 16th to the 31st, and that is a 
old original Xbox title. So obviously no achievements. But one of the best games of this generation, I would say. I absolutely loved this game when I, I had it on the PS2. <laughs> I loved it. It was it's kind of the um the precursor to Just Cause. I think it's it's very similar to that. Um, but I just I loved the whole setup of it. You you basically you drop into North Korea and you have to take down a a a, a deck of cards, um, sort of American military style um, of of terrorists all the way up to the to the the leader, um, and you're just kind of wreaking havoc and destruction across across um uh, this kind of north korean battlescape uh, it's just it was just really fun and and it probably doesn't hold up that well now don't get me wrong but, <laughs> but i just i have very very fond memories of of messing around in that game um, and it definitely turned me on to just cause when that when that kicked off i've played the sequel is it was mm. it world in flames was the second one yeah but yeah it seemed to really ramp up the conversation on TA. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the last count. I'm sure there was like 400 and odd comments or something deaf like that on that story. It was uh, pretty mental. Uh, we've had the uh, PS Plus titles for December announced as well, Sam. Yeah, we have. Um, so these are uh, Onrush. So I think, you, have you both played Onrush? Yeah, I reviewed Onrush on TA. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously this is the game that it's a racing game that a lot of people uh, a lot of critics really enjoyed but came out maybe an unfortunate time or didn't have the marketing it needed um and it just kind of unfortunately hasn't done that well so there's quite a few games this year on ps plus that that are that they they've reviewed fairly well but they're all games that have come out quite recently that have ended up on ps plus perhaps because they need a bit of a financial boost because it's really not sold well this year. Um, so that's a bit of a shame, but it's it's good to see it getting an opportunity to maybe build up a bit of a player base on PlayStation um, by being free. So I'll definitely be jumping into that. Uh, we also had Soma, which I know Mark really enjoyed. That's a bit of a walking simulator, a bit of a horror. Um, so yeah, that should be should be pretty good. Um, I think that recently got got a release on Xbox as well, uh, maybe yeah. last year. But um, yeah, that should be pretty cool i don't know whether i'll play it or not because i'm a scaredy cat but we'll see <laughs> um playstation 3 we had steradan which i don't know too much about and steins gate which is a visual novel but i know a lot of people say it's the visual novel in terms of what you can get on playstation it's it's you know the best one so if you're into that kind of thing and you've still got a playstation 3 you can you can check that out and then on vita um we've got iconoclast which is also on ps4 that's a cross buy and that's really, really good. Actually, I've been playing that recently anyway. Uh, it came out in January, I think. Uh, it's a Metroidvania, uh, really nice art style, good music, uh, and just really interesting story, which you don't tend to get with Metroidvanias. They tend to be quite sort of very simplistic and you don't, you don't get a lot of detail. But this feels almost more like a JRPG in terms of having a lot of uh, detail and lore in terms of the world that you're exploring. So definitely worth a go. Um, uh, and, and it's it's certainly a game that I'm glad that I picked up this year. And Papers, Please. So this is only on Vita, but it's uh, been on Steam for a long time as well. Uh, this is a very strange game that I played through that um, I've got a full walkthrough for on, on TT as well. It won't take too, too long, but basically you're playing a uh, border inspector and you have to inspect people's passports as they come in. But you're in this made up 
Eastern Bloc kind of country in the 80s and there's all sorts of sinister goings on and there's bribery and, and there's some kind of uh, revolution going on. There's a terrorist organization. So it's, it's it's quite interesting. The gameplay is obviously very strange because you're just checking people's passports, but each day it gets more and more complex because the government enforce more rules and say that you need to you know you need to ban these people from this country and look out for this guy he's he's a suspected terrorist and things like that so you you have to be very cautious about how you you progress because you can get fired and get a game over or you can get caught out accidentally helping a terrorist and get a game over so yeah it's it's an interesting game and actually an interesting trophy list as well because there's there's quite a lot of different endings you have to get to 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 see everything out so if you've got a vita uh, get it out of your attic, dust it off. That's, that's actually one <laughs> worth playing. So yeah, it's, it's quite a good list, really. On the whole, yeah, it does sound good. On Rush, I definitely recommend playing. If you have any interest in racing games at all, definitely check it out. We got some more Game Pass stuff coming to the Xbox One. Yesterday, I think it was Major Nelson announced that Strange Brigade is coming. That's not very old, I guess. Two or three yeah, months. Yeah, Rebellion, ago. wasn't it? Same chaps that yeah. did. Zombie Army Trilogy. Yeah, it seems like, a, from what I played a little bit of it at Gamescom a couple of years ago, and it seems like a reskinned version of Zombie Army Trilogy with like some new kind of ideas. Probably things that they've learned from Sniper Elite. Was it 4 mm-hmm. was the last one, I guess it was, they would have made? Looks like an interesting one. It was one I was thinking about quite... I mean, the game wasn't amazing, but we had quite a bit of fun co-op in Zombie Army Trilogy, didn't we? So I guess I might give this a go. And we already knew that Mutant, what is it, Mutant Year Zero, Road to Eden was coming, so that's on now. And we also got a surprise edition, which was The Gardens Between, Mm. that launched and appeared in Game Pass the same day. I know that's been on PlayStation a little while, and you've played a bit of it, Sam. Yeah, so this is one of the ones they showed... I think it was at E3, or maybe it was at PSX last year. But anyway, it was was kind of one of the... um, kind of hallmark indies that playstation were, were were championing so i was quite surprised to see it come over to xbox so quickly but it's basically a sort of puzzle game a bit of a point and click i guess but you essentially you're controlling time rather than the characters so you're you kind of rotate the these little island levels and you're you have to kind of reverse time or put time forward to to clear obstacles and and get these characters through the game. But it's got it's got that kind of classic indie, uh, heartfelt, simple story going on in the background as well. It's not one I've completed yet, but it's certainly one that I'm looking forward to going back to. It's got a got a really nice art style as well. So yeah, worth worth having a look at if you've got Game Pass for sure. Judging from yesterday's timeline, it doesn't look like it's going to be especially long, like maybe one or two hours or something like yeah, that to complete it's not it. Long. Somebody linked a video. It wasn't actually in one of the solutions or anything, but it said follow this video. And I think the video was one hour, four minute. Might check that out this weekend. Uh, we finally got some more back compat. <laughs> Been a little while. I guess it was XO18 when they announced quite a few. But we got Alien versus Predator, Kingdoms of Amala Reckoning, and Sonic Unleashed. That's uh, three pretty decent titles. Now oh, they're on the Xbox One. I didn't know about Kingdoms of Amala. I haven't been keeping up. That's amazing. I bought that on the 360 just before my 360 died. So that's, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that, that seemed like a popular choice. And uh, probably the biggest bit of kind of regular news we got this week. <laughs> it seems like uh, Rare have done this on purpose. I don't know. So CSDs have updated some of the achievement requirements and drastically reduce the number of things you need to do i think there was 
like a thousand of this you had to do and it been reduced down to 50 mm. so that's a pretty steep and it seems like they've done it just a week after somebody completed the game which i'm sure wasn't their intention but i feel sorry for that guy yes, he poured over 2000 hours into it. I, I hope he enjoyed those 2000 hours and didn't feel like a grind to him but yeah, well, he said he's seen something, didn't he? And he's going he's gonna to get rewarded with an in-game item, which, I, I don't know, everything yeah. in that game is kind of skins, isn't it? Like weapons. Be a good in-game yeah, item, like a get gun a that can kill anything in one hit. Or... Yeah, but they, they don't do that, do they? they don't, all the yeah. guns are guns, it's just skins for them. They, they don't improve weapons. So I'm sure I'd, I'd want somewhere... like a solid gold ship or something like that that glows <laughs> to everybody on the map or something. You know? I'm sure um, I've seen somewhere, I don't know if it's in the forums or elsewhere, I'm sure he's he's already commented and said he's cool. fine, that he doesn't yeah. mind, which I find uh, bizarre. But yeah, good for him that he doesn't get hung up on that kind of stuff. There was another person complete this week, but I don't know if that was, you know, when they'd updated the achievement requirements. Yeah, I, pop. stats compared to, um, was it, XY or XZY was I. Um, their stats were quite a bit higher. So it looked like they put in potentially more time. Right. But maybe hadn't even more. found requirements for banana crate stuff. But they seemed to pop it and get the completion just right, after okay. the achievement requirements were changed. So it seemed like they were well on the way to it. And this just helped push them over the line for the ones they were missing. When it was announced, Mark was doing the story for it, and he said he's still not got any banana yeah. crates. I think he said in Slack. So, so from a thousand to fifty is going to help. But I suppose he seems to have played it quite a lot. Grinding banana crates. Grind, grinding banana crates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Double-edged meaning. Um, we got a couple of questions. Uh, about this, so Ian Triplo and Daniel Tate, very similar kind of things. Uh, we see these changing achievement bands. Do you support the changing of requirements? If someone's got it, I think that undervalues the work they've done to gain it, and should it not change? That was from Ian Triplo. And Daniel Tate said, how annoyed would you feel if you were the guy who completed Sea of Thieves just days before they reduced the achievements? I would want my time back. At least they're doing something special for the people that have met the requirements and done it before that. I mean, I know it's just an in-game item and they could, like, an Xbox One X would be nicer or something like that, but it's uh, it's still nice for doing something because <laughs> they don't have to at the end yeah, of the day, do they? No. And I think it depends on the achievement and the game in a way because this, I think, would annoy me because because it's a grind. I think if they reduced the requirements on something that was difficult and I'd done it while it was difficult, yeah, yeah. I would still have the feeling of having achieved something mm, tricky yeah. and i guess you can get that a little bit with the grind as well which might be why he's okay with it you know he's still proud that he put the time in or whatever or, or he just enjoys sailing around but but i think yeah if it if it was if it was skills based it wouldn't matter to me I, I mean i'm like that anyway with 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 you know achievements i don't mind if 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 i only get five gamer score but the, the achievement was actually really really hard i, I still see that yeah. as you know i, I still feel proud of the thing that I did, and I don't mind that it's, you know, maybe not reflected in the game score. Trials HD, there's an achievement on that called Marathon. You had to complete a endurance um, series of tracks, basically 21 tracks in a row, a mix of hard and medium, and you couldn't fault, which means you can't fall off your bike for any of those tracks. You had to do all <laughs> in a row, um, no breaks between, and your faults counted for the duration of those 21 tracks. And you had to finish it with zero faults to unlock the achievement. And I spent a good couple of months just practicing on it. And there was one chap in the world who had unlocked it. 
and he it took him a good few months as well. Um, but after that, with so many people complaining on the Red Links forums and stuff like that, they decided to lower the requirements by removing some of the hard tracks from it. So it became a mix of the easy and medium tracks instead, which made it substantially easier. And I think within half an hour of that change happening, I unlocked the achievement, um, which was great for me, <laughs> but it probably felt like a bit of a kick in the teeth to the other guy. But it made all the achievement hunters happy. Yeah. Killer Instinct did it, didn't it? Early in the, when the Xbox One released it, was it two thousand fights you had to do with every character, okay. and they reduced it down to like two hundred each or something like that. So I know people were grinding that, and then it got reduced quite quickly. But yeah. this one's been like eight months. It was eight months, and there was radio <laughs> silence about them changing know. stuff. Really, it just seems to have came out of the blue. Mm. Yeah, do you think they've realistically waited for somebody to do it so they could say, "See, it was possible," but because you're out moaning, we will reduce it. That doesn't seem like rare. I can see some companies doing that, but it doesn't. That doesn't seem like a a rare thing to do. It seems like there's probably a lot of red tape behind the scenes, maybe. Yeah, that maybe they they had to go through a process, or they had to prioritize the content they had. It's in the something pipeline. you don't want to say. Oh, we're thinking about changing it. If it's if there's a chance that it might not definitely happen. Yeah. It's here now, so I, I think a few people might be tempted to jump back into the game now that the achievements are. I don't know, I suppose that's significantly... That's, that's an interesting, actually. There's probably definitely going to be a little bump, isn't there? Yeah, yeah although, again, we know that Mark hasn't seen a single banana crate. So, you know, it, it's drastically reduced, but it still could take quite a long time. Yeah. It was um, some other achievements as well that had the requirements tweaked, I think. So okay. it should make it overall a lot easier. Ubisoft have revealed the release dates for the first Assassin's Creed Odyssey DLC which looks pretty cool. So it's Legacy of the First Blade and the first, I think it's a three-part. The first one's going to be called Hunted. Trailer for it looked pretty nifty, I thought. It's going to be releasing on December the 4th, so that's next Tuesday. And then we've also got, I noticed the, did an update yesterday that said it was going to be preparing the game for this. And it also showed the next one of, you know, these little single quest little up title updates they've been doing they're adding support for the third one of them so mm-hmm. that's good news are you, i know you've been enjoying the game sammy what do you think of that trailer looking forward to it yeah i, I mean I'm, I'm massively into my ancient greek history and, and persian history as well so this is kind of cool because it's it's uh involving some some actual historical characters from from persia so yeah it should be quite cool to see how they assassins creed up with with those characters i think was it five achievements and trophies they've added for that yeah first? part of it yeah and then the other ones are coming early 2019 and obviously in march i think it is 2019 we've got uh assassin's creed 3 and liberations will be available the remastered versions of them so if you like assassin's creed you've got plenty to be going on with through the first half of next year at least mm-hmm. last bit of news really we've got the game awards is coming up next weekend so we'll probably talk about more stuff about it next week but there's been uh, a few little announcements and possible leaks that have appeared this week sam yeah so um if if anyone knows anything about the game awards jeff Keeley is the mastermind behind it and he's a notorious uh hype maker on twitter let's say <laughs> there was a leak but i think he might have had a hand in it um yeah, so probably. so the first thing that came out is that he actually said that more than 10 games will be announced at the game awards uh, along with updates to to games we already know about so we can expect at, at 10 or more 
um, uh, game announcements at, at the show, which it seems to be, to be honest, that that's what the show is mainly about now, rather than the awards. Is, is yeah. everyone tuning in to try and see the trailers? Um, a bit like watching the Super Bowl for the new movie trailers, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it, it should be should be interesting. But we've we've had a few um, teasers and, and leaks and stuff come out of that. So first one was a, a new Alien game. So we've known for a while that. Uh, Fox, the owners of the Alien franchise, have, have commissioned a, a new uh, Alien game, um, but we didn't really know anything about that. And it's got a trademark registered with the EU uh, recently for Alien Blackout, and that's been described as a game um, with... Uh, it, I mean, it's complicated with the, with the IP office. It says that it's an online distributed game, which doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be an online game. It just means that it's... Obviously, they've they've they're going to sell it online but yeah. there's been some speculation that it might be some kind of mmo maybe because the studio behind it cold iron studios has has had some involvement with with mmos in the past but it's all speculation at the moment all we know is that it's going to probably be called alien blackout and and the speculation is that it's going to be announced at the game awards because jeff Keeley put up a um put up a tweet with the words world worlds will change but the font that it's written in is very similar to like all the computer screens in, in, in the alien franchise. So people read a lot into that and, and, and yeah, we're pretty sure that it's going to get announced. So look out for that. I'm hoping it's not as scary as isolation, but probably not. <laughs> um, Obsidian entertainment. So this is the company that have been recently bought by Microsoft, but they actually had a game in the pipeline already with take two. And uh, yeah, they haven't really released much, information but they have specifically said that it's going to be announced at the game awards on december 6th uh, and they've got a countdown on their website a lot of the the stuff on their website counting down it's it's kind of got a certainly a space theme uh there's space blasters as they keep talking about space's choice um but everything's also got a little bit of a retro almost bioshock infinite look to it so i don't really know what to expect from it but it might be a kind of uh might be a, a a kind of space punky kind of thing going on, maybe a little bit Borderlands like, who knows? But uh, yeah, certainly exciting to see what they're up to because they're uh, they're pretty renowned RPG studio at this point. So yeah, we got that to look forward to. And the last one was um, this is the one that I, I I find very suspicious in terms of it being leaked as opposed to just something that Jeff Keighley's cooked up. Uh, he put out a tweet <laughs> saying. Today we start transitioning into the Game Awards world premiere land. There are a lot of games we won't be talking about until the show. All eyes on you. And then he he uh, directly um, referenced Walmart Canada um, in this tweet. And then Walmart Canada put up a have put up a uh, page for Death Stranding, and it says shipping on June thirtieth, twenty nineteen. So I find it highly suspicious that he's mentioned them and then they've leaked. Uh, leaked the date of Death Stranding because obviously Walmart Canada are notorious this year for having leaked all yeah. of those games before E3 um, and then they've just they haven't taken it down and they've their only comment was well this is the date we've been given so someone's given them that date and they've been happy to put it up and they're not even taking it down so very very likely that Death Stranding not only is going to come out on June 30th 2019 but we'll probably get another weird trailer at the Game, the game Awards that none of us will understand so, yeah, I'd much yeah. rather just explain what it is. Yeah, tell us what the game is. <laughs> but nice, it, wouldn't, but... it wouldn't surprise me if there's going to be big news from that. Remember when he kind of split up from Konami? Yeah. Like his first kind of big public appearance afterwards was at the Game Awards, wasn't he? And he got yeah. like a, 
big round of ovation and Jeff Keighley was all over him and stuff. So I wasn't surprised. Yeah, they seem to be good, good relationship. Pals. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah so that, yeah, that's, that's that's what we've got to look forward to so far. But yeah, obviously that's only three of the potential, you know, there may be seven or more other games that might be announced. So could be good. See if uh, we get a splinter cell for Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be happy, wouldn't it? It's because he's crossed every announcement for that. <laughs> um, but that Game Awards is happening very, very early in the morning for us. I think it's, when is it? Is it next Friday? Yeah, it's one thirty am on the Saturday for us, I think. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hope, hopefully we've got some uh, US peeps are going to sit in the chat and cover the news. You, you might be having a late night, though, Sam being the only person. Yeah, I'll otherwise I'll have to have a nap in the afternoon on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's finish up this week's podcast by going through the games we streamed this week. Yeah, so four streams as usual, and we kicked things off with a game called I Am The Hero. And this was a little side-scrolling beat-em-up. It had a really interesting art style, actually. It was 2D, 3D, with the, uh, kind of a bit of a distortion perspective, a perspective distortion on the screen itself. So it got smaller toward the front, so it was almost angled. Right. Um, which made it look really interesting. It had some great kind of rain and weather effects and stuff. Uh, the gameplay itself, it was proper old school beat em up. You had a little character that you could play. You had X to attack, and then you had a strong attack too. Dependent on where you pointed the stick, you'd either attack low or high. You could kind of knock enemies up into the air. Um, you could have a couple of enemies pour onto the screen to start with, and once you'd defeated all of them, a go arrow would appear on the screen telling you to progress to the next one so you were locked into the screen until all of the enemies were defeated right and it was just that progress through the levels um you'd eventually make it to either a boss that had uh, you had to took more damage than the regular enemies and then you'd make it to a doorway and that would progress you on to the next world um you had power-ups as you were going through if you clicked both sticks in you could go into we called it a Super Saiyan mode. It was a little <laughs> Dragon Ball Z-esque. Uh, your character started glowing. And during that time, you couldn't lose your combo. There's a combo counter in the corner. Um, if you did take damage, that combo counter would drop down to nothing. But there are achievements for getting 100, I think 500 and 600 combo counter, which is quite crazy. It was yeah. good, though. And you could swap your character partway through. So you started playing as um, a shorter character was a little bit quicker, but you could push the one of the shoulder buttons and you'd flip over to a character that was in a suit that had a gun. But the gun was comical. It shot a boxing glove out of the end as opposed to bullets. <laughs> so it had quite a short range of attack. It played well, though, and looked great. So definitely one to have a look at if you like the old school beat-em-ups. Uh, then we moved on to Bendy and the Ink Machine, which is a latest game published by Rooster Teeth. Um, this the style of it is very Bioshocky. Um, you had kind of old school music playing as you were going around. Just the environment itself felt quite old, and you also had audio logs that were effectively a, it looked like a carbon copy of the audio logs that you'd find in. Bioshock again. 
It looked like uh, Bioshock meets like Steamboat Willie or whatever it was called, like the early yeah, Mickey the early Mouse Mickey Mouse cartoons. stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's um, I think how I described it in the stream. Stream too. Um, it was interesting though. You had to use the audio logs to kind of gather information and learn about the environment as you're going around, and that would point you towards clues and how to solve the puzzles. But there was a lot of backtracking in it. There's a lot of go to point A. And then you'll get an objective, and then you've got to go back to point B to complete that objective. And I found myself walking around the environment and looking at the wall, and there'd be a switch there. And I'd try and flick the switch, and I couldn't interact with it at that point. I'd have to go and initiate the objective, and then I'd have to go back again to flick the lever, which was a bit... It just felt like a like an A to B, back to B, back to A game, and a lot of wandering around. Um, the wandering around, it wasn't too bad, but it was just the environment and the it was all desaturated, no real color to it, almost black and white, but not quite. And that meant that as you're wandering around, nothing really stuck out to you. So I got lost in the corridors numerous amounts of times, which was a little bit frustrating, but it's worth a look. I think not one I'd um, be looking to play again soon, though. Um, then Thursday, we moved on to Steam or Dig 2, which was really interesting, actually. I haven't played Steam or Dig 1, and this is obviously the sequel to it. It's a Metroidvania title, and you're basically digging in a world. It's a steampunk world. Um, you start from the surface, meet some people, and they kind of give you a pick and learn a little bit, a little bit about the game. You're effectively digging down almost like Dig Dug, you have enemies spawning and you can mine resources, get those resources and sell them to a trader to earn money. You can then upgrade your weapons, you can upgrade your items. It's Metroidvania in the sense certain areas are locked out until you get certain items. So we started off with a basic pick, which was cool. That was good for mining. We upgraded that so we could mine a little bit quicker. And then we couldn't mine when we were jumping, so that stopped us getting into certain areas because we couldn't mine the block that we'd need to actually stand on and get through. But we unlocked a steam pressure gun, which could shoot a bomb a little bit across a map that'd stick into a block and allowed us to get into those hard-to-reach places. Um, and then we unlocked a jackhammer just toward the end of the stream, which was interesting. But the world itself is big, basically grid of blocks that you can mine. Um, but you do have fast travel points in it, which are very regular, which is nice. So once you get to an area, you don't have to go all the backtrack all the way back to the top each time. You can just hop straight there. And also had puzzle rooms, which were the kind of hard, hardcore platforming sections, I suppose. And those would usually reward you with a cog. The cogs applied additional upgrades to your items, which is quite cool. Overall, that was really good fun. I'd recommend checking it out. Yeah, I've heard um, uh, it's been quite popular on other platforms for a while. I think it was on mm. Switch. Um, I think it was one of the early indies that came out on Switch that everyone bought while there were no other games to buy on the Switch. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd be interested to play this. Yeah, and it, just, it felt like a really solid game. It played really well as well. So definitely mm. one to check out. And then we moved on to Neuroblox, um, which we played for about 30 minutes or so. It didn't have too much to it. Um, they've taken two concepts that work well on their own, <laughs> Space Invaders and Tetris, and they've merged them. And to 
game that doesn't quite work as well. <laughs> uh, so you're there's a, little... a reason no one's done that in the last you know 30 years <laughs> yeah i know so you play a little ship on the screen and obviously it's a horizontal screen so you've got a massively wide play area no bars down the sides or anything you can move left or right and that's it you're stuck on one plane and you can shoot upwards and different ships fly onto the screen that you've got to try and shoot but blocks also fall onto the screen mm. you can shoot the blocks to destroy them if you want to but if you let them get down to the bottom of the play area, they start stacking up and you have to try and make a either a diagonal or a straight line or a vertical line of three of them together. And that'll combo them and you'll get points for that. And that's the whole of the game, basically. <laughs> um, there's a survival mode where you've got to keep going for as long as you can. And there's also a levels mode where the levels have a tiny bit of variation. There might be an object that you need to super jump over and I put air quotes around super jump because the super jump was very lackluster. <laughs> you jumped about a centimetre upward and you had to time it perfectly to avoid the objects. You didn't get enough distance. But the level of mode you had the goal of making either um, like four combos or five combos and it just seemed to go up. The levels didn't vary too much and the achievements were super difficult. And when I first saw the achievement list, it was a lot of do this 500 times, do this 1,000 times. And I thought it was the same guys that made that Brick Breaker game that Rich loves so much. Mm. Um, yeah. The impossible one. Is it Sand Hook Games or something? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it, it wasn't. I think this was a solo dev. Um, but the achievements seem, do seem wildly difficult. Nobody's completed it yet, which doesn't, doesn't bode well. Um, but we played this for about 30 minutes and then we ended up hopping back onto SteamWorld Dig. Um, to get another half an hour of that in. So. Yeah, I think the chat was pretty much begging <laughs> to <Yeah>. move on. <laughs> so if you yeah. hear people telling you to play a really cool Tetris game that they've just has just been released, make sure that it's Tetris Effect. That's what they're talking about. Yeah. Don't get confused. Yeah. Not that really cool I don't want Tetris Space Invaders game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um, overall a good week for streaming, I think. Apart from the finale. Yeah, but... Uh, you got to play a couple of bad ones to have play the good ones, don't you? So. True. <laughs> um, Next week's streams, we have got, I don't know any of these games, because Ali picked all these, Rival Megagun, mm-hmm. Goat Punks, Horizon Chase Turbo, and The First Tree. So it sounds like quite a variety if you're just going off the names, mm-hmm. I guess. I know that um, Rival Megagun, the only thing I know about that is it's uh, it's a shmup. So it's a, it's a sort of old-fashioned shoot-em-up. Vertical scroller, um, but I think the the mechanic is that you can in, you you play in two player and you can invade the other person's screen if you power up enough. So might be a good one to co op uh, on Monday. So that'd be good. Last question before we go is from Curse Souls. He says, with the majority of big games out, which ones are you going to work on, and is there one that doesn't interest you one bit? Uh, for him, he's going to be playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey a lot, and he won't be playing Black Ops Four. So let's go around the room, Sam. Anything? working on something you're definitely not going to play that's a big game um against my better judgment i am trying to get a platinum in red dead um i'm i'm leaving the 70 golds until last in case i i I give up on some of the other trophies because uh i i really didn't get many golds throughout 
when I was playing. So that that will be quite a challenge. Um, but yeah, I've got to get through skinning every animal and seeing every animal and doing all the challenges and everything else first. So that may last me a good year. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, in terms of something I won't play, uh, unfortunately, I picked up Monster Hunter World <laughs> in Black Friday, played it for about 15 minutes, and I thought this was a terrible mistake. So uh, that's, uh, that's going to be one of the year's games that um, I'm going to have to drop, unfortunately. Okay, Jack. Okay, uh, for me, I'm similar. I think of a minute, my time investment is entirely Red Dead Redemption, um, which is surprising. Actually, it's gripped me a lot more than I thought it would. Um, I might pick up Just Cause Four and give that a go as well, because that comes out mm. soon and that looks quite quite fun. But I think until the next Trials game comes out, Red Dead's going to be what I play. Okay. Anything big that you're not going to be playing that you might normally have expected to pick up some at? I would say the Assassin's Creed games, but I haven't really played those since Syndicate, so it's <laughs> not really a viable option. But um, like Call of Duty, yeah, there's a little bit interested in it, but it doesn't interest me enough to buy it every minute. I'll just mirror you two and say probably... I mean, I haven't really been playing anything for achievements recently. I've just been kind of playing FIFA for fun, and that's been me, but... Uh, Red Dead will probably be the game that I end up working towards, at least attempting to complete. Like like Sam said, uh, some of it's quite difficult. I know some of the achievements I've either missed, so I'm going to have to start again, or one of them seems to have glitched on me for doing four hideouts. Like, I've done six of oh, them, no. I think, and it's still not unlocked for me. Um, I've seen some people said, like, you got to do weird specific actions for it to count, even though you, know, you might complete it, so... Like some of them, like I think there's one where you go into a house and there's a couple, and like the woman goes upstairs or something, and the, I ended up doing all the stuff, but then killed them both. I think like there's a bit of a fight in shoes, took the loot, but then there's something else you're supposed to do with one of the characters, and I missed that. So I don't know. I think I might have to do them again, but I, I'm pretty certain it's like once you get to chapter two, you can pretty much just ride up to those like locations. So yeah. Yeah. I don't think it'll be too much. And then games I'm not going to play. I don't know. There's a few for me. Like Call of Duty is not interesting me, which I'd normally play. I mean, Callum wanted it for Christmas, so I don't know. He's only 10, so I don't know. I might let him play it. I don't know. But then that means I can play it if it interests me. <laughs> and then um, Battlefield as well. Battlefield 5 is not. Battlefield in general is a game that I always pick up, and just mm. Battlefield 5 has given me no interest yeah. at all. I think that's true of a lot of people. Unfortunately, it, it, it's probably one of them now that it's been out a little bit. Normally, I'm really bad. You know, when a game comes out and I go, I'm not interested. Then you see a bit of hype around it, or you oh. see people playing it, and it's like, within a few days, it's like, right, okay, I'm gonna have to buy it. But nobody, I've, nobody I play with on a regular basis has mentioned, you know, picking up Battlefield Five or anything mm. like that. So, mm. uh, yeah, I, I guess that'll be one I might wait till yeah, access it arrives on there and it's free. <laughs> Might as well make the most of the yeah. £19 I'm paying a year and never using. <laughs> All right, that is it. it for this week. We'll be back next Friday. We're going to have uh, more of those Game Awards stuff. Might be a few more leaks this week. Knowing Jeff Keighley, there'll be lots of leaks this week. <laughs> <laughs> and Just Cause 4 drops next week. Have a good weekend and bye. Bye. See you later.